Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus, grants us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. In the life of the individual, an aesthetic sensibility is both more authentic and more commendable than a political or religious one. Welcome to Pop Magic Aesthetics, the 148th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of novelist Tom Robbins. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. Carr has taken a vow of silence in honor of Father's Day and therefore is present, but will not be speaking throughout this episode, but he is my father. (laughs) And Mary Mead, my name is Gwen, Ode's mother, and the spouse of the silent monk over there. So that's going to be today's gimmick, apparently. Except commercials. He's giving us shrugs and delighted faces. Oh my God. All right, his, fine, I'll talk. He's thrilled with his joke. Oh, hail Dictinus. <laughs> hail Dictinus, he has returned to Cars Joyce. Defeated Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And happy Father's Day to my yes. beloved husband, because obviously we're recording on Father's Day, fathers to any fathers listening, but also happy solstice, because this is the summer solstice, the day yes. that we are recording. True. So In the Northern Hemisphere. In the, In the Northern, Northern Hemisphere. hemisphere. Yes. yes. That is correct. Our Southern Hemispherical listeners. Yes. Southern, southern hemisphere. Hemispherical. Hemis- I guess is, that's what we is, would say. Is, yeah. yeah. Is that a real word? If I, I, it's close enough. Okay. <laughs> it's not, it's not. So our Southern Hemispherical listeners, listeners. <laughs> happy winter solstice. So let's start with our housekeeping, I guess. Okay. We have one new cat. That's Colleen Peters. Okay. And one new hunter, Samwise LeBlanc. Welcome to our new patrons. That's right. And thank you to all our patrons mm-hmm. who helped put this silent podcast on <laughs> Can we do an entire episode of us, all of us just, just talking? Just, just silence? Just silence. Just like sounds? Or, you know, just our the ambient sound? Yeah. Uh-huh. And okay. our episode. <laughs> the birds in the background. The birds in the background. Oh my god, the birds in the background. Gwen? Um, just writing the book still. Still still writing along. Just writing, writing, writing. Alright. But I do encourage you to visit Pagios Pagan, where I do have a blog for Three Pagans and a Cat that I solely contribute to. Wow. <laughs> there are lots of really good writers, though, all around mm-hmm. KBS Pagan, so check it out. And I don't do anything except this podcast and working at Valhalla, which is the tap room in Kalamazoo. But that's it for our housekeeping, so we are housekept and housekept. Today, we are continuing the little mini-series, Pop Magic, mm-hmm. where we talk about intersections of pop culture and witchcraft and paganism. Mm-hmm. So today, we're going to be talking about the phenomenon, and at th- this point, I think you can truly call it a phenomenon. It is, and it truly is. Of aesthetic witchcraft. That is correct. And some people really dig it. They yes, we're going to talk about awesome. the, the different opinions. And some <laughs> people are like, 
down those aesthetic witches, uh-huh. you know. So there are a lot of sort of places you can go, I guess, to sort of get the vibe on aesthetic witchcraft. A lot mm-hmm. of it's on various social medias. Yeah, I think it's uh, primarily, honestly, on social media, especially Instagram. Instagram, Pinterest, and Tumblr, and TikTok, yeah. I think, are the big ones. Yeah, they are the big ones. There is a little bit, I think, on uh, Twitter, but, okay. not, but not nearly... As not as big. much following. Yeah, not as. I don't think it's as big on Twitter as it is on TikTok. TikTok, especially the witch talk is witch talk huge. Is huge. Um, there's a, a huge witch community on Tumblr, Witchblur, mm-hmm. and Instagram and Pinterest are obviously. And Pinterest in particular is great for sort of gathering. Yeah, various aesthetic things. I honestly wonder if it really kind of started with Pinterest because you know it's where you go to get ideas. To, to create things and, and to, like, get your pins for different uh, resources. I will say I think Pinterest and, like, TikTok are different mm-hmm. demographics. Oh, very I think, much so. I think Pinterest tends to be older mm-hmm. than TikTok does. TikTok mm-hmm. is, like, Gen Z. That's true. TikTok is, like, young teens to early 20s. Yeah, yeah. Is the, the major demographic of TikTok. Very much so. Whereas Pinterest is more like people in their mid-30s to 50s, probably, yeah, as I would say. Yeah. And there's that whole group of the mid-30s to 50s who are on TikTok mm-hmm. trying to relive mm-hmm. their right. younger years. <laughs> really, recapturing their I'm youth. Like, so, yeah, I think there, there are some demographic differences yes, there definitely. and so i wouldn't say like it started on pinterest and moved to tiktok okay maybe maybe they were different i think they were sort of convergent evolutions evolutions at <laughs> different times different things happening like instagram is huge yes. for photos and there's all i follow all kinds of witches on instagram mm-hmm. there's the, the witches of instagram yes the witches of instagram is a very popular tag there mm-hmm. there's also i think diviners of instagram oh, tarot yeah. of instagram oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff and they have really, I think the, the thing is, the reason it's called aesthetic witches mm-hmm. or witchcraft is because all about the look, the vibe, right. the feel of being witchy. And some people who use the witchcraft aesthetic mm-hmm. are not practicing witches. Exactly. People are taking those things that they find interesting about witchcraft, different smaller categories within witchcraft, facets. different facets, and building a path around that. And I don't have a problem with that. Yes. I would also say right. there is just a witch aesthetic. Yes, that's true. Of just people who like like the vibe of like wearing a lot of crystals mm-hmm. and wearing a lot of black and sort of hippie clothing. Yeah, and I mean, it depends on your vibe. Because yes. Because like you said, sometimes it's a hippie kind of thing. Sometimes it's a black clothing sometimes thing. Sometimes a little more goth. Sometimes a little more, it's a little more boho. And yeah, exactly. That idea of I wear a lot of crystals, mm-hmm. I use a lot of essential oils, and uh, I like the look and feel of this as part of my craft. Right. Or just how this it makes me feel. Other, yeah, this is the other thing I'm saying. is For a lot of people... It is just an aesthetic. It is not a practice. That's true. That's true. And that, and I think what for those people, it's an empowerment thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just a fashion thing. They just mm-hmm. like the look of it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, but we can't say that like you wear all black, so that makes you part of the aesthetic witchcraft community. No, but I mean, like there are abs- there are people who have their aesthetic is witch, mm-hmm. and. Like, it's not just that they wear all black. It's like okay. there is a witchcraft aesthetic that includes a lot of, like, specific... Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I've worn all yeah, black no. my whole life. And no, no. It's never been because no. I was a witch. 
No, that's not. No, that, 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 would, that would be like saying anyone who wears black is a goth. That's right. not what we're saying. Gotcha. We're just saying like like goth has a look. Mm-hmm. Witchcraft has a look. Right, and the gotcha. fashion aesthetic. And a lot of it is drawn from things like the craft initially, mm-hmm. um, or Buffy the Vampire Slayer because of Willow. Right, charm, um, charmed, practical magic. Yeah. The things that are taken from media mm-hmm. and are drawn into a person's life, and that's just fashion. Yeah. That's yep. just For fashion. For some people, it is purely fashion. Mm-hmm. It's purely fashion. It's, a, it's, it's exactly the same as being goth or emo mm-hmm. or punk they, or whatever. And they may be into, like, astrology or they may be into, like, the different kind of crystal right. energy. They picked up some of the lifestyle. They picked up some of the Sort of the same way, like, when you are punk. Right. It's not, like, there's a fashion to punk and then there's a lifestyle to punk. And some people do one and some people do both. Yeah, exactly. But I know that it has caused a ripple of discontent among older witches in the witchcraft community. Practicing witches get really bent out of shape about that. Well, and we can go back, we can harken back to that whole Sephora thing, that Mm -hmm. that, uh, that basic witch kit that they tried to come out with in like 2018, I think. Let's be honest, it wasn't for real witches. It was for people who liked the witchy aesthetic. And it might have been for baby witches. People who are just starting out. Right, because it did come with a a sage bundle. It came with a crystal. I think it came, did it come with a tarot deck? Maybe one of the It came with a tarot card. Or a tarot card. And it was perfume samples. Yep. You know, that's what it was. It was perfume samples from a particular company. And it was just sort of dressed up with witchy aesthetics. Right. And I did actually contact the company because, you know, everything exploded Uh over that whole drama. And it got pulled. But I did contact the company as an actual witch and said, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. I'm just curious as to, you know, what were you trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And what they told me in this email was that... The idea of ritual and using scent mm-hmm. and crystals and, and sage to have a positive ritual for yourself. Right. And for fuck's sake, witches use essential oils all the time. Mm-hmm. Many of them just as scents. What's the difference between that and a perfume? Yeah, exactly. I That's that's what I wear for yeah. my perfume is I wear essential oils yeah. that are blended. So. Perfume is just some like... It's just the fancy version of that. Exactly. Exactly. That, I think, it, it was a mass market kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was appealing to people who are not witches, but like that aesthetic, that, that feeling, mm-hmm. and want to bring that kind of a positive vibe into their lives and maybe take a little control in their life by having, and that was the whole point of the, of the right. product. Like, do, do a little ritual And they, include, they even included suggestions, mm-hmm. you know, of different kinds of rituals, or we're going to include right. uh, different kinds of rituals that people could do using the various scents mm-hmm. and the stuff that was provided in the box. I actually thought it was kind of a cute idea. It's a cute idea. Would it have been a little frou-frou? No, sure. totally. But who cares? We need frou-frou stuff. Sometimes we need frou-frou stuff. And it also, it, it was one of those moments that shows that witchcraft and paganism more witchcraft at this point mm-hmm. what is was making a mark mm-hmm. in popular consciousness. popular consciousness and not as an evil thing but something that could be positive and healing for people and that's i think what aesthetic witchcraft can the the trappings of it mm-hmm. can bring to the community Elle says, ritual is a really powerful tool for humans, even if there isn't an explicit religious or spiritual element. That could have been really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just designed to help people feel good about themselves. And I think that's, that brings up sort of a, a good sort of adjacent point that we don't really have space to get into in depth here. Mm-hmm. But there has been 
been sort of a de-ritualizing of modern society Mm -hmm. where for a lot of us, we don't have those sort of ritualized moments in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just sort of go, go, go all the time because Mm -hmm. capitalism. And, and which is why I think our friends, Gwen Raven Mm -hmm. and uh, Phoenix LaFay, they actually wrote a book called life ritualized Mm -hmm. and it's various events in your life that you can create as ritual around, you know, like we used to. And I don't think they always need to be that involved. No, no. It can be very, very simple. You can create a ritual around your morning cup of coffee. Exactly. It's a different way of thinking about the things you do Mm -hmm. in your life. And something like, and I know it's a product, right? But something like this little thing from Sephora could have reminded people, oh yeah, hey, when I put my makeup on, I can make this a moment to consciously become beautiful, Mm -hmm. right? I can make this a moment to consciously love myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that, because the witchcraft community blew up. Oh, God. The we, reaction was so bad. We lost a chance to take the higher road. Exactly. Because it never would have made it to market anyway, because Christians would have had a conniption oh, once God. they realized it. So we could have taken the higher road in this and been like, cool. We love this. We love this. And mm-hmm. then the Christians would have pushed about it. Is, we would have been. The Christians were already starting on their right, road. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the stupid thing is... A lot of witches and and pagans talk about how we're supposed to be healers, right? We're supposed to be improving people's lives. Mm -hmm. And we took this opportunity to do that or or to to allow that to happen, right? To to make space for that. And instead, we slammed the gates shut Mm -hmm. and said, no, get out. This is ours. Mm -hmm. Also, a a moment that could have been used to teach about appropriation, sensitivity Mm -hmm. because they were using white sage bundles and stuff there's a whole there's a whole bunch of shit that could have been addressed in a in a more healing fashion Mm -hmm. in 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 a more productive way in fact those people the the people of that company were so happy that i sent them this email they sent me a whole box of samples (laughs) as a thank you just because you know just because you were someone who reached out to them and didn't try to tear the thread out yeah yeah exactly i think i've even mentioned this in the past I was going to buy that. Yeah, we were box. gonna buy it and review it. And review, review it. Yeah. Yep. You know, and see. I was back before we're doing reviews regularly. <laughs> yeah, so we've gotten we've gotten away from that. But yeah, we were gonna we were gonna get it and review it. I, I do think that was an opportunity missed. And I, I do understand what people were to some degree, I guess, what people were upset about. But I, I but yet I don't. I know where it came from. Yes. I just strongly disagree. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> I think I think that is I think I would agree with that. It was just I understood why. Because, you know, this is their religion, this is their spiritual path, and they feel like it's being commercialized and marketed. But it's like... You ever walked into a Christian bookstore? Yeah, yeah. Or a Hobby Lobby. Or a Hobby Hobby Lobby. Lobby. Yeah. I mean, it's... And is there a problem with that? Probably. I mean, capitalism. Right. But But we live under capitalism right now. And this is... Everybody needs a grilled cheeses maker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. We've talked about this in a previous episode mm-hmm. where we can take advantage of the opportunities yep. that things like this, which is box could have provided, could have provided to help us step further into the public acceptance. Rochelle said, personally, I've always thought that aesthetic witches are actually doing some good for the greater community. We need normalization and they're helping to make that happen. Yes, exactly. I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to discuss this. And it, it's it's important to to have an open mind mm-hmm. about this. You know, 
you can find all kinds of witchy things now at all over the place. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't just pagan stories. You went to a Ren Fair. Yeah. And talk about what you got at the Ren Fair. I was able to get a beautiful set of runes mm-hmm. uh, with a bag. I was able to get little vials of stone chips that I can use in spell crafting. And there were other things that, that I could have taken advantage of. And, and that's not a witch space, mm-hmm. but it is a, a space where it's open to those kind of vibes, if you right. will. And more and more places are getting like that. Mm-hmm. You go to your, your Walmart and you mm-hmm. can get all kinds of things that have a witchy aesthetic. Now you can get, you know, Palo Santo, right. questionable, but you can get incense and you can get candles and things and stones. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it's Walmart. Yes, it's questionable. But Oh, it's ethically criminal, but <laughs> capitalism. Yeah, exactly. If you're poor, you can afford Walmart. I guess my point is, is like you can go to a place like Hot Topic and get a pentacle. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to go or, or any other witchy kind of vibe, aesthetic kind of thing. You don't have to go to a pagan store to, to obtain those things anymore. Now, is that something we want for the, for the, for the aesthetic people, you know, for the people who are into ex- aesthetics of witch? Then maybe, yeah, that's cool for them. And there's a lot of stuff you can get it like, and we always have. Like, we've gotten stuff at Michael's. Mm-hmm. We've gotten stuff at yeah, the, Joanne Fabrics. And the stuff witch that, specific stuff yeah. isn't actually that witch specific. Right. No, no, it's not. It's, it's got the feel for the people who want the feel. Right. Well, but like, the average pagan store, the average witchcraft store is yeah. going to have a bunch of rocks, yeah. a bunch of herbs, yeah. and a few common symbols. Yeah. That's, and some candles. That's pretty. But you Which go, you can find elsewhere if you go looking for them. That's yeah, true. Ran and just said Hot Topic is where I got my first pentacle necklace. Yeah, exactly. As did a bunch of other people. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you don't have access to a pagan store. Yep. Or if you're in the closet. Or if you're in the closet, but you find something that has that aesthetic, that vibe. Or that you can hijack for that aesthetic. Exactly. Or you can be like, fuck you, Finn, and go to Hobby Lobby mm-hmm. and make their shit witchy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And Elle makes a very good point, which is, or if your local pagan stores are out of your budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, because there's a lot of markup at a lot of these there stores. There is a lot of markup. It's not that there's a lot of markup, comparatively. Right. So the, the issue is, and I only know this because I worked in mm-hmm. small store retail, but is that the buying power right. is so reduced mm-hmm. when you own a pagan store because, because you're, not you're buying, buying for yourself. Yeah, you're not buying right? huge bulk, right. so you don't get the good wholesale yep. discounts. Right. And the only way for that to eventually change is for one day there to be some kind of pagan buying group. Yeah. And all the stores become part of that buying group, and they use that buying group's power to purchase things cheaper. Yeah, yeah. and they have like a warehouse Correct. somewhere yep. that they ship yep. out to individual right. stores. Yep. Well, like Swan just said, I use garden statuary to represent goddesses. Everybody has their different thing that's in, you know that works. And Malcor says sometimes the pagan store by you is bad for whatever reason, and having options is nice. Mm-hmm. There might be a vibe that's uncomfortable. Yeah, yep. you know, we've we had experienced that. that. Yep. Kind of shop. Yep. yep. In in the past, we've experienced that. Trust what you're experiencing when you go. If you go to a store and it's a big box store or your regular retail store, but you find something that would absolutely fucking perfect for your all. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes that shit just jumps out at you. Basically, just go in any store around Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Buy all the witchy stuff you could possibly ever want and use it year-round. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for that matter, you really can go to, like, Michael's and Hobby Lobby and Joanne Fabric. I got a little, like, 
owl statuette made yes. out of like bits of bark and feathers that my parents got for me one Yule from like a craft store or something that I have on my ancestor yeah. altar. And just because it may not have been specifically meant to be used as mm -hmm. a, a witchcraft symbol or pagan symbol, doesn't mean you can't use it as one. Exactly. And we have... You, re you rededicate things to your purpose. Exactly. And we have the uh, the witch aesthetic phenomenon right. to thank right. for this. So I, we had a guy today who was at Communitas Paganas mm -hmm. who has... Uh, necklace that he was wearing that was actually made out of an old rosary. So he goes to like the Catholic, the Catholic supply stores, the, no, the Catholic like used supply store, ah. like, the Catholic thrift store. Ah. So they're used rosaries. Yeah, I got people's prayers in them. Right or exorcisms. Right. Who knows? Also, who could say? And uh, so yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Definitely something I think is kind of cool. It's neat to see you know mm -hmm. repurposing of stuff. Yeah. Finn says, damn it, Dollar Tree is my go-to. So much of their stuff works great in my practice. The other great place, especially sort of like that thrift store, yep. getting stuff, repurposing things right. that yep. other people have thrown away. Goodwill. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> go to those stores and just loot them. You can go, you will find so much like weirdly shaped crystal dishware at a Goodwill. Oh, for offering plates? For offering dishes. Oh, my gosh. They're great. Yeah. And uh, Scuba says, huge fan of practical witchery. Amen, sister. I, you, the witch in question can be witchy enough to infuse that meaning into whatever tools you get wherever you acquire them. Yep. Finn says, oh, yes, I have found tarot decks at Goodwill. Yeah, it's amazing <laughs> where you can find You can tarot. find an astonishing amount of stuff at Goodwill. Astonishing. Yeah. But you can also find tarot at your local bookstore. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Barnes & Noble is a huge, huge tarot and, section. Exactly. And do you know why that is? Because teenagers like tarot. Yeah. We have to maybe get away from this concept that, yes, our individual practices or our traditions or our rituals, those need to be protected, perhaps, you know, within covens or whatever. Right. right. If we don't need to share everything. Exactly. There are sacred things that yes. are specific to, tr to traditions. Exactly. But that doesn't mean we can't take advantage of the fact that witchcraft and paganism is on the rise. It's having a moment. And having a moment in our culture, mm -hmm. and in our stores, yeah, and our yeah. availability yeah. to get these things. Yeah. And I think there's an interesting conversation to be had vis-a-vis. -vis. <laughs> so when that Sephora thing came out, mm -hmm. there was a lot of talk about cultural appropriation. Yeah. And you can make an argument for that because it had the white sage in it. Right. But I see a lot of people claiming that aesthetic witches are culturally appropriating from real witches. And to that I say, what the fuck? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no such thing as no. <laughs> but explain why. You but no. First of all, witchcraft isn't a culture. No, it's not. It's a practice and or religion, depending mm -hmm. on how you approach it. Mm -hmm. That's not the same thing as a culture. No. But in fact, a great deal of witchcraft is the result of cultural appropriation. Yes. We need to be addressing that in our spaces, not yelling at teenagers on TikTok mm -hmm. that they're culturally appropriating from us. Exactly, exactly. Not to mention, should we be discouraging these kids? No, absolutely no, not. No, of course not. If they're interested in witchcraft and it gives them a sense of power and independence mm -hmm. and autonomy, that's what the fuck witchcraft is all about. Now, does that mean they're going to continue and become witchcraft practitioners 
as they get older? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. They might move on to something else. And it is no fault if they don't. If this is just a like a temporary interest that they have, fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Just as there's nothing wrong with having a temporary interest in any other religion right. or indeed in any other topic. If you spend six months obsessed with woodworking, but you don't pursue carpentry as a career, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you were wasting your time or, or disrespecting carpenters with your brief obsession with woodworking. So say you have, say it's not even a teenager. Mm -hmm. Say you have a 30 year old mom. Yeah. Mother of three who needs to feel some empowerment, mm -hmm. right? Well, she just needs some time, some time to herself. To herself. <laughs> and she watches a movie or she sees something on YouTube or she sees something on TikTok mm -hmm. or whatever, or she reads a book and is really drawn to witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And that vibe really speaks to her. Like you said, whether it's the black and, and the right. crystals or, or the whether boho it's the chic. boho chic or whatever it might be. Maybe it's kitchen witchery because maybe she's, it's, you know. Maybe it's just getting in the garden. Maybe it's just getting into the garden and, and really vibing with the energies of nature. Whatever it is, she's drawn to it because she's been introduced to it by an aesthetic, by a sense, mm -hmm. by a vibe, by a feeling. That's what drew her in the first That's place. That's what drew her in the first place. And so she saw some witch dressed up, looking mm -hmm. witchy, and thought, I want that. I want that energy in my life. Exactly. And I'm, I'm asking people legit, how many of you can honestly say that's not how you were drawn to witchcraft in the first place? Uh -huh. I know as a child, I was drawn to witchcraft and psychics. I was drawn to it because it looked cool mm -hmm. and it yes. felt powerful. Exactly. And it resonated with me. Even though I was being brought up in a Christian home, uh -huh. it resonated with me. And this is you just thing. liked the vibe. I liked the vibe, <laughs> and I liked that sense of being able to do these things, of having secret knowledge, of uh -huh. having power. And that's exactly what these people, whether it's a child, a, a teenager, or an adult, it doesn't matter. These people are being drawn initially uh -huh. from an aesthetic. We talk about yes, L says. Didn't Ode have a list of requirements for choosing a religion, and one of them was you find it beautiful? Yes, that is a list of requirements that I got from a friend of mine who is a comedic. And, and yes, one of the, the key deciders of whether you should pursue a particular religious path or calling, if you're just sort of scouring the whole board, is d do you find it beautiful? Going back to the white sage thing for a second, because uh -huh. I thought I remembered this, and I so I had to go look. But Pinrose, which was the actual company that was doing that... Sephora bundle, mm -hmm. right? Actually bought the white sage from a Native American owned operated business. Exactly. And mm -hmm. it would have included no indigenous uh, ritual work. Mm -hmm. They were rituals written specifically outside of that on purpose. So there so was that it no would cultural, not be appropriation culturally appropriated. Right. But yep, no one exactly. bothered to research that. Right. Exactly. No, it's like white just, sage bad. Right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And so I think, again, I'm going to say it again. I know I'm being repetitive but an opportunity was missed. Yeah. It was not just missed, but it was, was trash. actively thrown away. Yeah, and actively thrown And away. the ground salted behind us. Oh my like, God. Oh my God, yeah. Visit the Birmingham Violin Studio, where our tiger Kirsten Gill has been teaching violin from anyone ages seven and up for 20 years. 
Kristen tailors each lesson specifically to the student since they're all unique individuals and have their own learning style. Rather than teaching from a single method or book, Kristen has a master's of music and violin performance and has played for professional ensembles including Orchestra Iowa, the Florida Grand Opera, the Palm Beach Symphony, and the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, as well as Casey and the Sunshine Band, the Beach Boys, and a pre-American idol, Kelly Clarkson. Due to social distancing, the Birmingham Violin Studio has pivoted to providing online instruction, and Kirsten is offering listeners of Three Pagans and a Cat their first two lessons free when they sign up for two months of lessons. So Rochelle says, how many other opportunities do you think didn't happen because of the smackdown on the Sephora product? I Anything that was in in concept oh. was immediately backburned. Right, yeah. yep. Absolutely. Really far into the back. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I do think, you know, we do need to support our pagan shops, obviously, mm-hmm. and our, our pagan creatives, you know, people who are uh, offering stuff on Etsy mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, we need to we need to support those people. But if you support your local mom and pops. Exactly. But if your budget is limited and you find something you need at a local, like I said, at a local box store. Mm-hmm. Or to be honest, like there's a lot of people who don't live anywhere close to a local exactly. pagan store. Exactly. Like, exactly. Right? And if you get out of your head that you have to buy from a pagan or a witch, take advantage of what the culture is currently offering. Yep. Then you're going right. to be okay. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on here, especially around the the witch talk, mm-hmm. is that the people I see complaining about witch talk most often mm-hmm. are older witches, mm-hmm. or at least more conservative witches. Yeah, I, I go with conservative. Um, they tend to be older. Yeah, right, because conservatives tend to uh-huh. be older. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of their complaint seems to be that the creators on Witch Talk are A, young, mm-hmm. and B, pretty. Mm-hmm. And these things, they think, invalidate the value of the creator's content. They make them shallow. Shallow. I see that word thrown around mm-hmm. a lot. And to those people, I just want to say, again, what the fuck, shut up. I think this can also, we can bring in this whole concept of wishcraft versus witchcraft. There's a book. I haven't reviewed it yet. Um, I haven't finished reading it yet. But there is this concept that I've seen bantied around for the last year or so. Aesthetic witches promote wishcraft, not witchcraft. And so there's a, there's a disparagement there. Mm-hmm. And I, I've read through part of this book. And honestly, the, the reason the author decided to call it wishcraft mm-hmm. And, and is not specifically following a traditional witchcraft practice is because she found it too constricting. Mm-hmm. Right. And she just wanted to be able to have a way to have her own, create her own rituals or create her own spells for mm-hmm. empowerment or whatever and share them with other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's essentially what witchcraft is, but that it doesn't invalidate. It's like it. witchcraft plus the secret. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, 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 it's just kind of manifesting, but in a witchy way. Yeah, it's manifesting in a witchy way. There's, as far as, so far what I've read, it, it's not something to be poo-pooed. If it works for someone, cool. I Yeah, this is the thing. The fundamental indicator of successful witchcraft is, did it work? Yeah. Did it work? Did it work? If it worked then it's fucking witchcraft. It, and this is something that I have always believed, and it came from my original mentor, 
it doesn't have to be complicated mm -mm. to be effective. It doesn't even have to have props. Nope. <laughs> it just has to have your focus, your energy, and to send it out. That's what I was taught. Props are fun. Props are nice. You know. And if you're me, you actually do need the props. You know, but and, everybody's different. And uh, you know, and the, and I love working with various ingredients and mm -hmm. creating a spell Stuff. with and use and and partnering with spirit allies uh, from plants and stones and and all these different things. But when you get down to it, if someone's not, if they're not a, a witch, but they still want to be able to manifest something in their life mm -hmm. and use quote unquote wishcraft. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's not doing any harm. It's not doing any harm. So Rhiannon Gray says, paraphrasing something I heard on Goth YouTube years ago, the gatekeepers are often the real posers. And L continues, like, if more people get into this, then I won't be the expert anymore. Oh, yeah. That's and I think, that's a, I think that's a lot of it, too. People see these teenagers who are where they're at right now. Like, they see a 16-year-old on TikTok mm -hmm. who's doing the same magic they were doing six months ago or, or just picking up now at 30 right. or who's more advanced than they are. Yeah, yeah. And they feel threatened. Yes, exactly. In fact, uh, Scuba says, it's a big backlash against popular media. Media Evil, quote unquote, witches are often depicted as ugly. So a lot of people who feel outcasted or outcast by society because they're not deemed, quote unquote, attractive, by current popular standards, resent people who are deemed attractive by those standards. When that's not even a battle any of us should be fighting in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's they're they're pretty, they're cute, they're, you know, these creators, they're young. Mm -hmm. They wear dramatic makeup. They wear dramatic makeup and they know how to do beautiful displays. Yes. They make very pretty altars, they put together beautiful spells. Mm -hmm. It's very they're, pretty. They're very conscious of the frame because mm -hmm. they are producing for TikTok. Exactly. They are producing video content mm -hmm. that you're going to look very close to your face because it's on your phone. So they're conscious of the frame they're working in, yeah. which is that people will be looking closely at the details of their work. So they put in the extra effort to yeah. make it pretty. And they spend the money. They spend and the money and the time. time. And it's the same with the witches of Instagram, mm -hmm. you know, or Pinterest. You see the, these beautiful, incredible altars. And I think we talked about this in our imposter syndrome episode. Seeing those beautiful depictions threatens people mm -hmm. and they feel like they're not doing something right. And then not as invested. Exactly. And then instead of addressing that in their own lives, mm -hmm. they attack these sometimes literal children. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to remind everyone, a bunch of these really popular big people on Witch Talk are 16. Yeah, they're kids. They are literal children that you're yelling at, bullying, and trying to march out in the community. Fuck you. And that's why when the whole, the, the TikTok curse, the, yeah. you know, hex the moon, the, hex, hex the moon, hex the fae, hex the fae. Yeah. they're children, yeah. they're children. And that's why when I wrote that blog about that whole thing, it was coming from the basis of what are we as older witches and pagans, mm -hmm. what do we need to do to tell them, yeah, that's not, that's not a great this idea. Is not so, this is not a, a smart idea. Yeah. This is not, you know. And you may not be able to convince them no. because they're 16 and their brains haven't finished building the consequences part yet. Mm -hmm. 
I'm 53 and my brain hasn't finished building the consequences part yet. <laughs> Sometimes that's also the case. Because most of their interactions with the older witches yeah. are so hostile, they're going to pull away. Of course they have no interest in anything anyone has to say to them well, and from Jason, outside their community. And Jason Mankey makes a very, very good point. He and I have talked about this, and I think we may have talked about it on a panel a couple of years ago mm-hmm. before the COVID everything. You know, he's kind of kept his eye on the TikTok witches mm-hmm. and the Instagram witches. The witches of Tumblr. The witches of Tumblr. He said, there is an entire witchcraft community mm-hmm. based around these social medias mm-hmm. and yep. books that have been written. Completely divorced. Separate, divorced, completely separate from mm-hmm. anything that has no, come before. Yeah. Anything. They, they don't go to cons. No. They don't, don't meet up in person. Podcast. They don't probably <laughs> listen to our they podcast. They have their own podcast. Exactly. Right, yep. I'm admittedly stalking all of them on Witch Talk and Witch Blur and Instagram because they have genuinely good fucking content. They have great content. I listen to a lot of the podcasts. I watch their videos. Is all of it perfect? Absolutely not. But that's not the case fucking anywhere. But I think we should, I I honestly think it's a shame that Mm -hmm. we're seeing a a true divergence uh, of very separate communities if we have witches and we pagans, keep alienating them alienating these these younger people these these witches because they do tend to be younger tend, yep. in this in this community aesthetic witches whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them if, if we keep alienating these people we're going to have very divergent communities mm-hmm. that have no connection or communication with one another at all yep yeah and that's a shame because they have a lot to learn from us, and we have a lot to learn from them. That's the important thing. I think there's a problem with people in our community mm-hmm. being like, these young babies need to learn from us. And sure, maybe that's true. But we also absolutely, absolutely. need to take their shit on board. Because like I said, they are smart. Mm-hmm. They are incisive. They are politically aware. They are creative mm-hmm. as fuck. They're the future of our community. Mm-hmm. They are the future of witchcraft and paganism. Whether you like to hear that or not, that's just reality. And it may be that what came before from Gerald Gardner mm-hmm. to today may be... Maybe it's time for that branch to wither. It's starting to change. Right. Mm-hmm. It's starting to alter, you know, and be transformed into something new. Mm-hmm. Because we... What did we talk about on this podcast when we first started? Diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, it needs to be a thing in, in the pagan community. And so far, it's not. Yeah. Well, we talk a big talk. Yep. Yeah, but it, but you still and see do a, very little, and you still see a lot of problems with with people of color in paganism and witchcraft in our version of it mm-hmm. being you know having space where we're working together. Mm-hmm. You you see a lot of problems with LGBTQ pagans and witches within our original structured community mm-hmm. not feeling welcome. Mm-hmm. You know. But on TikTok, anybody can get on there. Anybody yep. can get on there. It's very low barrier to entry. Yep. Yeah. You need a phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much it. Exactly. And, so, and Steph also says, it's much more approachable in a lot of ways. As a neurodiverse pagan, I have found so many good sources through Witch Talk that makes it more accessible to me. Exactly. This is exactly something we were talking about in the last, the last episode. episode yeah. Sometimes physically can't force yourself to sit down and read three paragraphs about cleansing, but you can watch a 30-second TikTok about it and get the same fucking information. Exactly. And Rhiannon says, I didn't buy my first witchcraft book until about three years ago. 
That's like five years after I started identifying with paganism. I just use the internet, mainly mm-hmm. Tumblr, to find everything I need. Yeah. That is the world we now exist in, people. It, it's just the world I always existed in. Exactly. Well, I'm saying, you know. Yeah, not always. No, but, but that that's very much the same way for me with my pagan right. learning process. It started online. Yeah. But let's yeah. Put, well, to be honest, so did mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just a very long time right. ago. And a very, and a very different, different, kind, different of internet. kind of internet. But, a long uh, time ago. In a galaxy far, <laughs> far away. But I think it's important for our more traditional pagans and witches who come from the origins of American witchcraft and paganism to understand that if you keep clinging to the th- to way things used to be, you're gonna it, it's it is going to wither. Yep. It is going to wither. And you know what? If you're gonna do that, maybe that's what it deserves. Yeah, because the I think these witches are vibrant and interesting and they've got a lot to offer. And not just in the aesthetic. Yep. The aesthetic is beautiful and definitely has inspired some of the work on my altars. And, and like how I put together a spell jar and layer my ingredients now yes. more more intelligently so that they look nice at the end. And when I look at them, I feel like, ooh, good, I made a good spell. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, like, literally even just something very simple like that, that I learned how to do by watching aesthetic witches do it, it just boosts my feeling about mm-hmm. the thing and that boosts the energy that goes in the spell. Let me just say this to all people who are my generation, you know, older witches. It, it's not shameful to learn from someone who's younger than you. Yeah. And I think sometimes I think, I feel like there's a little bit of that going on that there's like, I, I've been a witch for 40 years and I, you I know, know all the ways. I, I, I Maybe not all the ways, but I, I should be teaching them. They don't have anything to teach me. Mm-hmm. And no, fuck that. That's not true. <laughs> so you, you should always be teachable no matter what's your age. I can only relate this to the audio industry, mm-hmm. right? I started in it very, very young. You did. I was like seven or eight years old. Right? <laughs> Truly. When I was young, Nobody would listen to anything I had to say. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter if you were right. Nope, exactly. When I was a teenager and a young adult, it, nobody listened to what I had to say. But I didn't give a fuck, so I went and just fixed it for just, them. Just did it I anyway. would just get up and fix their audio because I was tired of hearing it sound like shit. And I think that's where witch talk is at. Right. And now that I'm older, though, nobody cares mm-hmm. that what I have to say because they're all younger than me and they all have new ways of doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I started in audio... We didn't have computers yeah. hooked up to anything. Now they're all computers. Yeah. And so I get it. Like, it's just a... But th- I think that's the same thing that's going on in the pagan community right now is you're seeing younger pagans coming up who have divergent ideas from the mm-hmm. older pagans. Mm-hmm. Different ways of doing things. And But nobody's listening to them. And they're finally just going, you know what? Fuck you. Here's how you do it. Right. And we're going to put it out there and everybody's going to see it. And we'll teach and, all the people yep, our age. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. And they won't have to go to you right. for your shitty method. They can use ours. Right. Scubus makes a really good point. Imagine if we actually like combined the communities. How much more powerful and supportive we could be if we could all just pull our heads out of our asses. Yeah. That's so true. And that's that's basically what, what Jason Mankey has been saying. It's like, you know, and he's been kind of lamenting seeing this great divide mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. Seeing this this whole other community forming that they don't have any reason for to want to include us. Why should they? We've been ugly to them, yeah. as my mother would say. Yep. Yep. We've been ugly. Join our tiger Amanda and relax with the salts of wonderful body Co. These soaks and scrubs, inspired by popular books and characters, are designed to delight multiple senses. 
with fragrant scents and sparkling mica. You can also find rollerball fragrances and hair oils with dozens of options available. You'll be sure to find something you like at Wonderful Body Co.'s collection. This week, Ode is recommending Thor. Bath salts scented with sage, sandalwood, citrus, rum, coffee, and leather, amongst others. Find Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com or go directly to the shop at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Wonderful Body Co. He got the R in there! He rolled the R! Yes! Dude, it's just for you. Powerful! <laughs> so, uh, I do want to point out the fragrant scents and sparkling mica of Wonderful Body Co.'s collections uh, 100% vibe with aesthetic witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Now, and I do want to say this, though. We don't need to feel pressured to compete yeah. with witch talk or the Instagram witches or it's not a the YouTube witches. We don't need to compete. Make your altar what it is right for you to mm-hmm. look like for your path, yep. right. right? It doesn't have to look like something that you would see on Instagram. If you want it to, then go By for it. By all means. Make it make it as pretty or... And then please put it on TikTok so I can admire it and steal ideas. Exactly. But um, but I guess my point is, you know, we don't it, we don't have to be in a competition. We don't no. have to feel like, well, I'm not as good as they are because that just leads to imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. We need to start learning from each other yeah. and, and embracing each other, you yeah. know, and embracing what... Those who may be into the aesthetic and may never become an actual practicing witch are offering for our communities. Which is normalization. Which is normalization. And also, like we said before, maybe it's good for them too. I would absolutely guarantee it's good for them because there is something empowering Mm -hmm. about embracing your inner witch, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why it is always, you know, they, they, you can go through the articles. That, See all those the, t-shirts that say, like, do no harm but take no shit? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but they, they, there's articles that state, you know, the word witch has been used to empower women, mm-hmm. especially, for years. But I think it's important, and for multiple political reasons, but I think it's important to note that it's not just a feminine word. It's not just yeah. a feminist cry. It's I, for anyone. I was watching a TikTok, a guy on Witch Talk who was doing, he was putting up his spells. Mm-hmm. Very dramatic presentation. It was wonderful. And someone in his comments said, can you tell me what is male witchcraft? And he responded, yeah, it's witchcraft, but... Is when a man does it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that comes from that whole... And I was like, which old, antique, like, men are warlocks, women are witches, uh-huh. which is it who's commenting this? And there are some, there are some in the pagan and witchcraft communities coming from, you know, the 50s and mm-hmm. whatnot that do still have that belief or understanding. And that also, honestly, comes from puritanical mm-hmm. Christianity why are we allowing Christians to define what witchcraft is or who a witch is? Because yeah. that's what happened. Anyone can be a witch. Yes, anyone can be a witch. Any gender, sexuality, color, right. creed. Exactly. If you do witchcraft, you're a witch. You're a witch. And us. All right. I think that's everything. Yes? Um, I think so, because we've talked about just the aesthetic of it. Okay, mm-hmm. I do have a question, though. Okay, okay. what's so your one place we haven't talked about that I know witchcraft has talked about a whole lot. Okay. Reddit. Oh, Reddit is different. <laughs> right. So like the real witchcraft channel. Yep. 
seems to be actually fairly good uh-huh. and has good questions. Most of the time, good answers. Every once in a while, an asshole uh-huh. pops in. But but I've also seen like, where the fuck are you coming from? Type stuff on there. Yeah, it's Reddit. yeah. But, Reddit is very hit or miss. I think Reddit skews towards a slightly older population, mm-hmm. uh, the same way that Pinterest does. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it very much depends on what subreddit you're in. Right. Like, there are, like, three heathen-adjacent subreddits that I check occasionally for, for answers. But one of them is hard recon, take your UPG elsewhere, and I only go there to get academic sources and I have to filter through the racism. And one of them is, like, very frou-frou... UPG only. But yeah, so Reddit, I think, is a very mixed bag. I don't see aesthetic witchcraft there as much. I, because, yeah. because it's more text-based. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see yeah. a lot more question and answer type right, things. Yeah. I just want to reiterate and say, and we can then move on so that the storm doesn't knock us out, <laughs> that just let's try embracing those who have picked up on the aesthetic of witchcraft, whether they're actual practicing witches or not. And if they have questions... Let's answer them, you know, let's politely, not, politely. Mm-hmm. let's encourage them. Keep our neurodiversity episode in mind and don't just tell them to go read like five yeah. books. Right. Exactly. Like help the, if you can't create content of your own, go explore, find out some content and be willing to learn some new stuff yourself. That's the big one. That's the big one. It's very Except that your interactions with like TikTok creators in particular mm-hmm. may not be as a teacher. Yeah, I love, I, I have a TikTok, mm-hmm. but I have not posted anything yeah, same. on for a while. I, I have one that I just follow people on. But I do enjoy watching what other people do. Yeah. And I got in, the what I did do, I got inspired by other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the younger people who are out there doing stuff, I got inspired and said, hey, that looks like fun. Oh, and the other thing that I see a lot of witches get head up about, about witch talk, is that there tend to be a lot of memes and jokes. And, like, it's very fast and aggressive, Mm -hmm. to which I can only say, it's TikTok. That's all the content on TikTok. Right, you only have three minutes. Yeah, exactly. And, yes, there are a lot of memes. And, no, you can't learn everything you need to know about a topic based on memes. But that can encourage someone Mm -hmm. to find out more. Mm -hmm. And also... that doesn't mean that there's not some misinformation out there, but that's everywhere. That's true everywhere. And also, take yourself less seriously. Yeah. That's a lesson I've been having to learn for years. Thanks, Loki. And it's very relevant here. Take yourself less seriously. Just fucking chill about the memes and the jokes. They're there for entertainment, and everyone knows that they're there for entertainment. Okay. All right. So that's it for this episode. Do you have any last statements, like the one you've made several times tonight? Chill, people. Just chill. Relax. It's okay. And if you'd like to cut it out to make your ringtone or whatever, what the fuck, shut up? And there we go. That's it for this episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. You can find us on all the appropriate social media things, though we don't post on many of them. Nope. But we are there. Uh, you can find us on every podcast platform out there, including Spotify, TuneIn. You can even ask your Alexa to play Three Pagans and a Cat. You can turn her on. She got confused. Three Pagans and Cat is on Audible. Yes, yes, also on Audible. Yep. So, So, yeah. yeah. Be be sure to share. And then Google it. Yeah, share it everywhere, please. Thank all of our patrons for their patronage. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, We love you guys. But please share the things out there. I will tell you all that we are just shy of 1 million downloads. Holy shit. Fuck. Oh my God. Oh, and yes, please do. When you do share, remind people we are an explicit podcast. (laughs) And we have uh, 
turned on Jack's and Finn's white towers and they are now playing with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh god, that's hilarious. All right. Thank All right, you guys. So See you later. Oh, happy solstice. Right. Yeah, and belatedly. Whichever you may be celebrating. Right. Belatedly. Belatedly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Go, go watch okay. some TikTok. <laughs>